Hello, hello. It's Arlen. Welcome back to your first million. Okay, y'all. I'm bringing out the y'all. Y'all. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know where to start, where to begin, where to finish. I don't even know. I, I just mind blown on so many levels for so many reasons. I interviewed T-Boss today from TLC. And any of you who did not know, did not see the announcement right now, you're like, what? Yes, TLC, the largest, sell, biggest selling girl group in the United States. Somewhere around 100 million records, we think, sold worldwide. And, you know, three uh, main albums in the 90s and, and that that just, you know, started with Ooh on the TLC tip. This is just top of dome, so I might get something wrong. But that was in 92, I think. Then they had Crazy Sexy Cool in 94, 95. Then they had Fan Mail 99-ish, something like that. And on each of those records, you just had, like, record-breaking songs. They came out the gate, charged up, uh, with What About Your Friends and Baby, Baby, Baby. And just so, so, just the whole album was just like a whole, it was an experience, if you remember. I would have been 12 when that album came, when that CD came out. But what? I was just feeling it. I remember, hat to the back. Mm. I had the whole time I was interviewing T-Boz, I was like, I just want to sing the whole time because everything that I talked about made me want to sing a song. Then they came out with Crazy Sexy Cool and what? Uh, Red Light Special, uh, Creep, Waterfall, a little, a little, uh, a little well known, a little known. Let me get the words right. <laughs> the song was Waterfalls, y'all. I was trying to be cute, but I couldn't get it out because it, it was And I don't know, you, you, you had to be. You had to be just not anywhere near TV or radio if you don't know the song Waterfalls, but it's still a chance. Some people, if you haven't heard it, still a chance. Go listen to Waterfalls. I know you know it. And then they came out with fan mail, and they had no scrubs, and they had that kind of like futuristic thing They came out. They toured extensively. This was just such a fun interview. Janine um, joined me again. Janine is a singer, songwriter, artist from New Zealand who lives in Los Angeles now. I tour managed her in 2015 when she opened for Floetry around the country. And we were just really good friends. And she helped me with the Khalees interview a couple of weeks ago. And if you didn't catch that, listen to it after the T-Boss interview. And just we just had the best time. And a couple things happened. Okay. <laughs> First of all, the, the interview itself is just bomb. It's just cool. Like, it was just fun to talk to T-Boz to, to about so many things I had wondered about, about her music and about her successes and the downfalls and this and the that, her health, etc. She gives so much information about her health, and she just kind of gives you that confidence, like, you know, you can take on the world when you listen to her. Um, another thing that happened that was so, that, like, blew my mind really is I'm not even going to tell you what it was so you can listen for it but kind of like I guess third act of it I asked her a question about a song from the crazy sexy cool album okay that has been out for 20 plus years and it's something that she didn't know about the song that I broke to her but I didn't know I was going to be break. I didn't know she didn't know. And you'll hear from my reaction and from her reaction and what happens next. Just how uh, 
wacky that is, but um, and I don't even know. I can't even describe it to you. To now, I, it's been hours since it happened. I still can't describe to you like how I feel about it. It's interesting. It's really interesting, and you know, a good, I guess a good debate will come from it. I think a very good debate will come from it. It's about artistry, and it's about freedom of speech, and it's about um, conflict and blackness, and all sorts of all sorts of stuff. All sorts of stuff is is in that. So check that out. Listen out for that. And uh, let me know what you think. You got to let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. Arlen was here. A-R-L-A-N was here. I got to know what y'all think of this T-Boz interview. I am so grateful to her. T-Boz, if you're listening, you, re- you, you don't know, you don't think I'm telling the truth, but I am just so, so, you can hear me smiling, right? I'm so happy we did that interview. I'm so excited about it. And I can't wait to get to learn more about your company and to get to learn more about you. And uh, keep spreading and doing what you're doing because it is just, it's just, it's like a, a breath of fresh air a little bit because it's just like you just say what you feel. You you are who you are. And um, you know that that's, that's my vibe and that's exactly what I like, how I like to live life. Special thanks to Janine again. And a big, big, big special thanks to my brother, Alfred Rook Hamilton. Rook made it happen. He's the one who he sent me a text a few weeks ago and he said, I got T-Boz for you, for your for your podcast. I don't know how he did it. I don't know what magic, what voodoo he did in, in Dallas, but he's a producer out there and I guess he just had some connections and the next thing you know, I'm texting with their management and and here we are. The rest is history. So Alfred, my brother, Rook, 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 I want to say thank you. Real Life Records, Angel White, Rook, Hamilton, all of that. All, all of Dallas, stand up. All right, I'll see you on the other side as always. <laughs> hello, hello. Right, we're live and we're recording and um you know we just put a band together it looks like i mean this is i'm ready for this let's take this on i know <laughs> t-boss yes ma'am thank you for joining your first million the podcast and just joining this atmosphere right now i feel a little out of body i have to tell you for the fact that i'm talking to you right now just because <laughs> you you came you tlc was part of my life you know all of our lives but from 12 to 20 those formative years that's when I was hearing all of the original music from you all to begin with. And I just kind of went over that. It's, 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 this is a trip. So I really appreciate you being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And I'm excited because this, your podcast is different. So I was like, finally something different. <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying? It's not music. It's about, it's about yeah. all types of people. Mm-hmm. But it really is about that, you know, success and how we view success, what that word really means. It's about, yep. money. yes, it's about a lot of things, but uh, generational wealth. It's about a lot of stuff. So I want to welcome everybody uh, coming in. Just come in and have a seat. Make yourselves at home. Don't put your feet up on anything, though. Um, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> okay. So, um, and then I also want to welcome Janine, who is back. You might have, if you came to our last conversation uh, a couple weeks ago, you might have seen Janine. Janine, say something, because I believe it has to, um, your voice has to hit for it to to show you on the screen. Oh, hi. <laughs> I'm <laughs> so stoked to be here. This is awesome. Thank you. 
All right. And y'all know Janine from the podcast. She's, uh, she's been one of our guests on the podcast. Uh, I used to be Janine's tour manager uh, when she opened for Floetry and she's just oh, wow. killing it. And, you know, we'll talk more about that a little bit later. I want to first and foremost, I have to have to, I don't know if he's here yet um, or if, uh, if they're here yet, but I have to thank my brother, Rook Hamilton, for making this whole thing possible. He put this all together. I want to thank Rook Hamilton from Real Life Records and Angel White, uh, the artist in Dallas. I want to shout out them all day long for making the T-Boz interview happen for your first time. <laughs> all right. You got to cut that out for you. Cut that out. You know, I call him Alfred. That's my, that's, that's my brother's name, but he Rook to the people. Right. So I'm going to call you T-Boz if that's okay with you. Yep. I'm going to refer to you as that. I'm going to say, I was saying before, the whole day, I've been excited about this for, you know, however long we've been working on it, but I, the whole day I was listening to TLC music, just, Aww. and I'm repeat, and I'm just, you know, it kind of took me back, and I was just yelling at people, but nobody was here, and I was just like, you know, case of the fake people, and what about your yep. friends, and do, 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 and then hat to the back, and oh, I was like, and catching all those runs that Chili was doing, and I was, you're, you know, there was a, a pattern that you would have where you would come in kind of strong early in the song for the most uh -huh. part. And yep. you have such a distinctive voice. And I just had a flashback to you and DeBrat. Don't have me, I'm gonna, start, I'm gonna stop singing. I don't wanna sing. Oh, Ghetto Love? Yes. yes. That's all, yeah, yeah. Anybody know Ghetto Love, you know what I'm talking about? Cause you, would you came into that with that sample. Uh-huh. Uh, Oh, that was tight. Okay, so it's not going to be an hour of me just telling you about your own. <laughs> Thank <I> promise you. <laughs> do you. Do you have a favorite song that y'all did or that you did as a solo artist? I don't have a favorite song, but one of the songs that you named is a song that I wish would have been a single, and that was Case of the Fake People. I feel like that was like the second part of What About Your Friends, and yes. that should have been a single. Um, yes. That song is jamming to this day, so I used to have a charity event I used to do called T-Boz Unplugged and I would do that song in my set and it was just crazy how many fans knew all the words I was like see I knew it could have been a single yes that song either I saw it in a movie like this or I made a movie like this in my mind but that song just mm -hmm. makes me think of the the the, the salon yes um and yeah, it's just, it's just, a, and it, it itself has a beautiful sample. The, the production on y'all's music was just always second to none. And I had a lot to do with LaFace, I'm sure. And a mm -hmm. lot of the producers you worked with. Speaking of LaFace, Babyface had a 25 year anniversary tribute to Waiting to Exhale. Yeah. Just this weekend on Instagram, I listened to the entire thing. Like it was my job. And yeah. he gave y'all a shout out. Were you, were you watching or did you hear about that? Yeah, I've seen that part. Kenny, um, he's right. Every time, like, people don't know how much of a comedian he is. Like, he was like, we would laugh all the time and hardly not get the work done. That is so true. Because he is hilarious and people have no idea. Because we're goofy, but he's goofy. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it was hard getting any records done with us because we would just laugh the whole time. And, you know, when you go into a session with somebody like Kenny, you're like, you know, some people get intimidated, like, oh, this is baby face, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. he lightens the mood so much just by being humble and um, breaking the ice with just his silly demeanor, you know what I mean? So yeah. he made us feel real comfortable. So it was just like, oh, that's just baby face, you know, after a while. 
and he has he has such a, a dry humor to him and, it, because, and uh-huh. so it just hits a certain way i remember for one second i worked i, I worked with him on tour uh-huh. he didn't uh-huh. know me from adam i was in production for tony braxton but i had to carry this really heavy printer on the airplane because i was <laughs> you know bottom of the rung and, uh-huh. and I, you know i'm looking at this guy who the same way with tlc i'm like that's baby face and he just made the whole plane laugh, making fun of me on the, but in a friendly way, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't a bullying way. It was like, really, you know, <laughs> you got right. to, you know what year it is, right? And it was just, I just, his humor was so, was so refreshing and, and surprising. Mm-hmm. He's, he's amazing. And yeah. his pen is incredible. Like almost like everything he writes is golden. It's crazy. Yes. Um, I, I want to uh, talk about, something that is i know dear, of course dear to your heart this uh, understatement of the year but today is left eye's birthday mm-hmm. yep uh, i believe she would have been 49 yep i just turned 50 um uh-oh sorry i just turned 50 and she would have been 49 today yep yes well congratulations on turning 50 hey and, yes <laughs> that's a year but- i can't wait for that year I know that's awesome, but you know what? It's, it's it's crazy because like on the anniversary, like today, I haven't posted anything yet. I'm gonna post after you know I do the podcast with you. But um, the part that pisses me off is like the day that she passed away was the day before my birthday, mm. and I hate when people come on there and go, "Well, are you gonna post something? Why would I post about the worst day of my life?" Like Mm -hmm. that was one of the worst days that I ever had in my whole entire life. Why would I reminisce? Do you go and party on the day that somebody died in your family? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So today makes sense, but the anniversary of her death does not. Yeah. It's just not right for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it pisses me off. Like people act like we're not human. Like if your mama died, would you, would you party on the day that she died? Yeah. Yeah. I know this is a weird, um, a weird place to go with it, but I just remember, uh, mm-hmm. Howie from uh, Backstreet Boys he lost his sister and he had to tour like the next day or something like that it was so it was so crazy how did, how is that I mean do you feel a pressure as an artist or especially you know when you're touring when you're on a label all of that do you feel this pressure that is just so like overwhelming to perform to be that performer that that star that people need you to be or is it do people give you a wiggle room I mean, I'm going I'm to I'm have wiggle room anyway because I got my own lane. I'm comfortable in my lane. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really care about nobody else because I've been t so I'm good where I'm at. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, I think that we were so unique and different. Like, I don't really – I think there's room enough for everybody out yeah. here, you know, and I'm going to be me regardless. And the, the day that that stops working, then I guess I'm done. But if it's still working and if it's not broke, don't fix it. It's still, we still rocking. So, you know, I'm just always going to continue to be me. The pressure comes on mostly when you have to reinvent yourself. Like as far as like when we did the first album and you have to come and do Crazy Sexy Cool yes. and figure out why people liked you in the first place. So then you sit there and I was like, okay, so we had strong lyrical content, strong beats. We had routines that went to every hook. So if I started doing this, you know, that's waterfalls. You know yes, what I'm saying? Yes, so, exactly. so you just have to figure that stuff out. But then I remember when I wrote Unpretty, that came from me and my heart. And a fan was like, that doesn't sound like you. Yes, it does. Cause it's, it's just me. that you didn't know that part of me. Yes. 
And that's one of People my favorite grow. songs. That's one oh, of my favorite you. songs, y'all. One of your, uh, hands down, one of my favorite songs. <laughs> like top two. Thank you. Top two. I'm going to get a, a charger. Hold on. Cause my, okay. Oh, my phone. No problem. While you're getting the charger, I'm going to uh, set it up a little bit with Janine. Janine um, is an artist originally from New Zealand. She lives in Los Angeles by way of Brooklyn, <laughs> you know, had, had that path. Um, was on Atlantic Records and has been off about a year or so, right? And you just put up a milestone on your Instagram, Janine, where you said you had, what, 2 million downloads of which song and what place? <laughs> oh, it was a, I got 2 million streams on Spotify for a song broke me down and it was about six and a half million within a few months of something I put out completely independently with no budget and everything. So it was like a nice milestone because when I was signed, they couldn't, they just weren't doing anything and it wasn't moving. And then it's just like, once you follow, yeah, yeah. once you follow your way, it just it starts to kind of click into place. So that's what felt so good about it. It wasn't just the numbers. It was like the way it happened, you know? Yeah. That's you amazing. Have, yeah. You have an amazing, uh, loyal group that follows, I mean, a loyal fan base. Uh, <laughs> you have all kinds of videos that just prove that that's when people are losing their minds when you popped in on their Instagram the other day. It was amazing. Um, I gotta be honest. I'm trying not to lose my mind. Like, right now yeah let's talk about it but what 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 do you want to talk to uh t-balls about well we'll see we'll see in a second what do you want to talk about t-balls what do you want to talk to t-balls about in this well first off i want to say thank you for the music that you made it's inspired me and my music so much so i don't know what my music would be like if you hadn't created the music you did so oh thank you i'm a fan of the music i'm a fan of your songwriting and also a fan of your strength in and out of the music industry. So just thank big you. Fan. That means a lot. I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Okay. So my question is mm -hmm. something I think about a lot. And I think you've always, from an outside perspective, seemed to do really well on. And the question is, how do you balance wanting to share and protest all the negative things that are going on in the world? And then also be a light and an entertainer and an escape from that reality for people? That's a good question because I think a lot of people are scared to step up because of the criticism and the backlash that they'll get. But if I feel strongly about something, I don't give a damn what nobody thinks. I'm going to speak on it. And, you know, a, a lot of times it takes that person to be the first person to show that they're not afraid to put their foot down and say, look, I believe in this. I'm going to stand strong and talk about this. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people um, look to artists to do that because, you know, kids are so impressionable and, you know, um, and I hate to say it, but there's a lot of uh, followers more than leaders. It's okay to lead. It's okay to lead because it's needed. Um, and you can still be a positive force while, you know, talking about, you know, real subject matters because like what just happened yesterday with the guy, uh, the cop who killed the guy. George Floyd. George, thank you. Um, yeah. And putting his knee on his neck. Now I get upset about all this stuff. I just didn't go off yesterday, but I'm still, I still got a lot to say. You know what I'm saying? But through my music, I talk about so many inspirational things, but stuff like that needs to be talked about. And I love that it's, it's not just our nationality talking about it. I love that I've seen a whole bunch of Caucasian people 
taking up for the blacks because that that's what's needed because I used to look like you know have you ever heard that saying where they uh, would say to some of the white artists they would be like oh it's cool to be black until it's time to be black right and what they meant by that was it was cool to you know rock the culture of black people but then when something you know political came up they wouldn't say anything so now that we're in 2020 and we're all one because we all bleed the same wrong is wrong I don't care you know what I'm saying? But it does help us to see other nationalities, you know, speaking up about things like that. And it's needed. So me, I just say, if you feel strong about something, you stay true to yourself and you speak on it, no matter what, if that's something you feel strong about. And you can still touch people in inspirational ways through your music, through interviews, and even for what you stand for, because there's going to people going to be people who want to ride with you on what you're speaking upon. If that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, I've always shared what I feel and what's going on because I think it's also very important to come from people that look like me too. I think that's needed to move mm -hmm. movements forward. My, yeah, the, the thing I think about sometimes is because I get upset and I get mad and I want to just share and share and post all this stuff. And then I know sometimes people come to me because they just want to listen to music and not think about that for a moment. And that's something I... I try to balance being like, okay, I want to let how I feel and let people know that I'm here and that I, I'm standing with everybody. And then also be like, if you want to get away. But you know what? They can't tell you how, how you can talk on your damn page. That's your page. And you're a human. We're all human. You can't tell us that just because we sing songs, we can't have emotions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if that's what the hell you want to talk about it, talk about it. And if they don't fucking like it, they can get the fuck off your page. Mm -hmm. That's what I feel. I want to know if T-Boz has any, um, <clears throat> any Christmas cards that she, she can write for me. And on that same topic, Janine, um, I understand you want to, you want to do that, but also people can curate too for themselves. They may say, I'm not going to come and listen to that. Cause I did here, come here for the music. So I'll come back tomorrow when she's yeah. off the high horse, you know, and, uh, uh, but I, you know, I, just so everybody knows, I've been in a, a Black Lives Matter march with Janine. I know she would never say that because there's no reason for her to, but, um, you know, she practices what she preaches and, and mm -hmm. um, the fact that she, that was her question proves that out. Um, can we, can we talk a little bit about, I want to talk about resilience. I have an entire section of my new book. Um, it's about damn time that's called Resilience and it's about resilience. And for me, you embody that not only from what you have, uh, not only the fact that you have been since you were in your you know, late teens, this icon in the making and now the icon and what you have gone through in your life, but when it comes to your health, um, you've made it very, you, you know, you've, you've been transparent and open about your health. And I feel like you, there's so much strength that comes from facing that. Can you talk a little bit about your decision to share that with the world? Was that your decision or where did it come from? I think I was kind of forced into it because back in the 90s, we didn't have social media and all these outlets. So if a rumor was spread, it was word of mouth and it kind of had some power to it because we didn't have all these avenues to get the news out. You know what I mean? So I remember being on tour and I was in the hospital and all these people, instead of helping me, I had a sickle cell crisis and they were like, does she have lesions? Oh, is she this and is she that? They were checking mm -hmm. to see if I had AIDS. 
But even if I did, like, the point is, is your job is to help me not be nosy. Like, yeah. I could give two... I'm trying not to stop cussing. I'm, I can, I can, oh, you, care don't, less. you can curse as much as you like. This is, this is my podcast. Like I'm trying not to, but I could give two shits. Like, you know, if like about you being nosy, like your job is to help me. You know what I'm saying? And at that moment, I don't, I don't care that I'm T-Boz. I'm somebody's daughter. I'm somebody's mother. I'm somebody's sister. I'm somebody's friend. I am a human being that needs help medically and that's all you should be worried about so when a lady who used to run um the national region called me her name was linda anderson and i was like you know what i'm gonna go ahead and do this because for one i want to clear you know up some of the misconceptions about the disease mm -hmm. and also educate people because they're to this day in 2020 they're so misled and uneducated and you have to be your own advocate and these doctors and their bedside manners is just horrible. There's money in medicine. People aren't trying to cure you. They're just trying to treat the symptoms and keep you sick. So you'll keep coming back. So you have to fight. And some people don't know how to fight because, you know, I was born sickly with a non-curable disease, but there's some people who can you know, get cancer. You know, lupus may flare up later you know, on in your life. And when you've been 100% healthy and all of a sudden you have this foreign thing that could kill you in your body, you just don't want it there. And you want it to be okay. You want to live, you know what I'm saying? So you're so stressed out. You don't even know where to begin, where to turn, what to ask, any of that. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I do a lot of seminars and I talk to people from the inside out because if you have cancer, AIDS, sickle cell, lupus, if you're 100% healthy, stress can kill you. So if you at home getting your butt whipped by your husband and you have cancer, you really trying to die fast. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So I talk to people from the inside out as, as human beings to clear your life out so that you can just concentrate on getting healthy and being there and having, you know, a longer life expectancy. Um, but I will always stay very open about what I've been through because I was told I couldn't have it. I was told I couldn't have kids. I was told I would die by the time I'm 30. So for me, turning 50, I'll shout it to the rooftop. Like, I'm 50 up in this piece. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I'll be excited because I was told I couldn't do it. You know what I mean? And um, they said I would be disabled my whole entire life too. And, you know, I've traveled the world in TLC and we actually became the biggest, you know, selling girl group of all time in America. So... I superseded all that stuff. So I will forever be an advocate for people who don't know how to fight for themselves. I love every, every bit of that. And um, you touched on a few things. And the last thing you touched on, so such a, a delicate mic drop that we have to go back. Okay. You are one third of the <laughs> selling girl group, woman group, or whatever you want to call it, of all time. Mm -hmm. Beating out the Supremes, beating out uh, everybody else. <laughs> That's crazy. I know Isn't it sounds that, so crazy. Do you know offhand your record sales uh, by average? Like, do you know we sold X number of records or whatever? They said it was 85 million plus. I don't know what it is now because, you know, now that we're doing touring and stuff like that, um, you know, your sales go up. So I don't yeah. know where they are now, yeah. but we were at 85 plus. And then um, 
we we're owed another diamond award i believe for fan um for fan mail yeah mm -hmm. I, yeah so i think if they still have those i want mine shoot because that's like a, a big deal you yeah. know <laughs> let's, let's look into that we're gonna we're gonna look into that for you uh t-boss oh, and i know y'all just got i don't know how many new sales for me just going and finding <laughs> every little bit of piece and telling everybody i'm just um you you mentioned something about touring last year i believe south by southwest in austin uh i think it was last year i was speaking mm -hmm. and they told me i was speaking on a stage and they said you know uh tlc is here and i said yeah. they said they're, she, they're like we have to leave because they're speaking <laughs> and i was like can i leave because they're speaking or do i have to do this talk <laughs> so funny yeah chili ended up going i didn't go Okay. What was what was that promotion? What what sort of thing was that a TLC thing or was that a solo thing for her? No, um, her and Nelly did it. I didn't go because I wasn't feeling well. So when my sickle cell bothers me, I can't fly because it thins my blood. So she went on behalf of TLC and they were promoting our tour that we did. Yeah. So it was um, it was at that time I believe we were doing New Kids on the Block, Nelly and TLC. And That's then right. last summer we did Nelly, TLC, and Flo Rider. Yeah. And between us and Nelly, we were co-headliners, so we would switch off in certain cities on who headlined. And honestly, I'm not even the artist that cares about going last, because I'd be really wanting to get the hell on. I don't be wanting to be stuck in traffic. <laughs> so I don't be caring about, like, go ahead, go last. You be stuck sure. in all that traffic. I'm fine sure. with going you know? I love that. I, I miss that, those package tours. I used, when I was, I used to have those package tours where the, it was like, I, I remember going to Boys to Men, Tevin Campbell, Babyface. And, and um, this Q and Q. And by the time you get to halfway there, you're like, I got my money's worth. I mean, and then some uh, halfway through. Yeah. So that's a kind of reminiscing about that. Touring, um, what is touring? What's a, what's a TLC show like today? Because I, to, I have to see y'all live soon. You have never seen us? I have not seen you uh, in the last few years, no. Okay. It's still very energetic, a lot of dancing uh back to back to back to back songs like yeah like uh I didn't even realize we had that many hits until oh, I'm yeah. like I'm singing 18 songs a night you know <laughs> um it's a lot you know what I mean yeah. but it, it, it's it's, it's kind of like a we are family type of backyard boogie barbecue where everybody's just celebrating and dancing together so if you were with us along the way you'll remember why you liked us mm. and if you forgot we'll remind you and yeah. if you hadn't if you didn't know we'll show you uh oh my goodness <laughs> it's almost like so a it's a fun show <laughs> it's a fun show do would you ever consider doing a, a, a residency kind of like boys to men do yeah we were offered some i didn't like the deal so we mm. turned them down um i would love to be uh, i would ha i would love to have stability to be in one place and work on the weekends and stay with my kids but i'm not you know, trying to be taken advantage of anymore or work for pennies anymore. Like I have kids to feed. Like if it's not going to be a good deal, then it's not the one yeah. for me. Well, that's a perfect transition to the to the third act here because I love to talk to you. This is your first million. Um, you have as the same way you've been pretty public about your um, uh, your health when you didn't have to be, and, and thankfully, I'm sure you've saved a lot of lives and helped a lot of people by doing that. Um, you, you have talked about business. You, you just said now business deal wasn't right. It wasn't right for me. So I'm not doing it. Do you mm -hmm. feel like you have been taking advantage of in the past when it comes to money or deals? Yeah, absolutely. 
But I mean, I don't cry over spilt milk. I just pick up the pieces and move forward and make sure I don't make them same mistakes. Or I learned from my lessons. Like if I wasn't educated in a certain area, please believe I am now. Mm. And the problem really was we never said the words people stole money. What we said is they didn't do fair business. Meaning when we did our first album, the percentages were not renegotiated. Everybody knows when you have a, a, a is it called the sophomore album or whatever? And sophomore's the second one. Yeah, the sophomore album was supposed to, you're supposed to um, renegotiate. Yeah. Yeah. But it was never renegotiated. So our manager at the time had the same percentages and that's not fair. So on our sophomore album, it was the same. And no, our first album was um, successful. So it should have been different. The numbers should have been way different and nothing had changed. So, you know, I hate when I hear L.A. Reid or certain people saying, oh, they said she stole. You ain't never in 28 years said I said somebody stole money. I said they did unfair business. So this is how this industry is. Like if I owed you $20, right? And I come up to you and say, girl, I got your 10 and you take it. That's called fair because you right. took the 10. Mm. No one getting well, moralistically, I owe you 20. But if you go for the okie doke and mm. you didn't know no better and you took that 10, that's called fair. Mm. now these people don't go by what's moral and what's right they don't go by character or integrity either they go by greed being evil trying to keep you subservient and under them they want to have all the power and i it's not in my dna i don't kiss no ass i don't give a damn what you've done and who you've worked for and what you do i appreciate everything everybody has done for me but when it comes to where you try to play me or make me kiss your ass, I ain't doing that. I ain't never doing that. That means my career, like he'll, the people will tell you, I done came in the office like, yo, I will go and be an actress before I sit up here and have you take advantage of me and tell me what I can and can't do. Mm. I mean, and I'll just quit the group and bye. And I'll can, just have another job. Can you be you my know, life coach? You know? <laughs> would, you, got would you be interested in that? Being a life coach, I'll be in mine. Be like, like what that happened to her? No. <laughs> I love it. I love every bit of it because we just, I think there was all this, uh, this mystery and, you know, behind the curtain stuff about music and about movies and about deals. And it's all coming to light now. And yeah. people are, you're seeing what really happened behind the scenes. And, and most of it, how it shakes out is that most of the people who ended up on that the wrong side of it were women and people of color because yeah. they have enough power or influence at the time you're talking about the biggest selling group women uh, girl group of all time having you know this explosive first album that y'all had that just I mean don't get me started like I said I'll sing every song I will sing it every, every word of it um, and then not knowing at early 20s, not having that kind of, and I don't know who was in your group, I'm, I'm not, you know, in your team, I'm not trying to say anybody in particular, but just not, not being told, this is how you're supposed to negotiate this. This is, what's, this is what this other person would have gotten. This is what this person would have negotiated for themselves. And then you see in movies where what's happening is that some of the actors are telling the actresses what their um, salaries are so they can be on par with each other. Yeah. And, and that you don't really have that in a group because you're kind of like a, 
an island of these different groups and artists and, and don't get to talk to each other. So how, how have you remained not, not bitter? I mean, you're, you're, you're confident and you're strong in your words, but I don't see any bitterness in it. I think you, like you said, you go you move on. How do you do that? Is it, is it because you've gotten like the thing, the positive that you gotten out of this life is, is worth it? I mean, with the fans and with the music has influenced people like Janine, like is that worth it? Or is it something else you're, you're tapping into? Well, I have God on my side and I have a strong um, family base. You know, my, my foundation is strong. Um, I'm not about to sit up here and harbor over somebody who ain't worth my time. Mm. To me, harboring bad energy and feelings and holding grudges just hurts you. So I don't have time to be sitting around wasting time on somebody who's going to be who they are anyway. So I'll be sitting over here, woe is me and ruining my life for somebody who ain't shit. I know they ain't shit. And why would I change who I am for them? No, I'm not giving you that. I'm not giving you that power over me. I'm going to just say, God will deal with you and I'm going to keep on moving. The old me would have probably wanted to slap you, but I, I worked on myself and my temper. You know what I'm saying? So I just, you know, turn the other cheek and be like, you know, you reap what you sow because you really do. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I actually look at it as a favor now. Like, if, if God shows me somebody isn't supposed to be in my life, thank you for showing me so I can get them out of my life and get the hell on. Hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to talk just a little bit more about money, and then I'm going to switch over, and then we're going to close out. Um, okay. What is a takeaway that you, that you want young entrepreneurs, older entrepreneurs, any entrepreneur, especially those who are underrepresented, underestimated, as we call them, what do you want them to know about their company, like when they start their company or just like get, getting in a deal with somebody or <clears throat> anything, any kind of takeaway you can tell someone who's listening now or in the future? You know, the thing that I love about, you know, all these different outlets is, you know, back when we were out, we didn't have people to tell us what to look out for. Now you have all kinds of people telling you their mistakes so you won't make the same ones. You really got to pay attention and listen to what we're saying. So you don't have to go through the same thing we do. Everybody, everybody has to be watched down to the lawyer, to the CPA. If you want to be in this industry and have longevity, you got to become a business person, a businesswoman or a businessman, even if you don't want to, because that's the only way you're going to keep your money. Because, um, how would I say it? Um, um, I lost my train of thought. I was going to say... Um, well, it sounds similar to, to startups. It sounds similar to, to the entrepreneurs that we work with all the time. Yeah. Sharks out there looking for blood. And it's just, I mean, I think there's, sometimes there's a lack of confidence. Somebody thinks, well, I guess I'm supposed to play the rules because that's what everybody else does. And you know what? A lot of people play to be more intelligent and more important than they really are. Mm. Half these people don't do shit. Been fired from other jobs and hopped on the bandwagon and got another job. All these execs then had jobs somewhere else, got fired for laundering money or doing this or doing that and have a job at another company. And it baffles me, like, how did you run this record company? Well, you know what you did over there. I don't understand it. You know, so like lawyers even, you know, you're blessed if you find a good one because their job is to run up the bill and keep stuff going hourly and hourly. But I'm the kind of person I done told you what I want. This is what you need to go get. I don't have time for you walking all around the mulberry bush and running up my bill go get this because that's the only thing I want you know what I'm saying so you have to know what you want 
And then some people always want to take the fast lane. They want to run before they walk or, you know, walk before they crawl. At the end of the day, everything has a step. Like, you know, um, an infant turns into a toddler, a toddler, a child. Everything has levels to this. You know what I'm saying? So most people want their first year business to just be successful and out the gate. And then, you know, some of these youngsters will compare themselves to like Kylie Jenner. She came into money. That whole family was already into things. Like, so you can't compare your life to somebody else's. Everybody has their own life, their own story, and their own time to make it. Maybe your time isn't now. But if it's something you really believe in, you keep strong and stay working, you know, towards that path of success and, and for whatever you want. Because... um we all have different times that we're going to shine. Mm -hmm. And if I always say too, it's a talent to know when you're not talented. I know what I'm not talented in. You know what I'm saying? So if it's not something that you really are good at, like and you're just doing it for money, you're in it for the wrong reasons anyway. If you're not good at it, don't do it. Well, I'm going to ask one more, one more question and make a, a statement. And while I'm doing that, everybody in the chat room, say what your favorite TLC or T-Boss solo song is so that we can get a little, little view of that. <clears throat> um, I'm going to say, I miss you and I'm pretty are my two favorites of all time. Hey, yes. thank you. Um, versus. So Babyface mentioned you on Versus. Um, I want to see TLC go against Destiny's Child on Versus. Can we make that happen? A lot of people have been approaching me about it. Timbaland, Swiss, where you at? Like, what's up? I'm yeah. ready. I'll be ready. I can do that. Like, I, I, it could be anybody. Escape, Destiny's Child, SWV. We'll even oh. go with Boys to Men. We can go with some guy groups. Oh. I don't care. TLC I mean, versus Boys different. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. It would be different. You know what I mean? Okay. So... Yeah. Yeah. Or salt and pepper. Would you do that? Yep. Salt and pepper too. Yep. Mm. But actually they open the doors for people like us to step in. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I give them much respect because, you know, if it wasn't for other people, we couldn't be who we were. And I think that's what a lot of artists fail to do. Like I hate when somebody comes on the scene knowing good and well, they looked up to a certain artist and they just act like they, everything's been done mostly. You know mm. what I'm saying? You can get creative and innovative and, and change things here and there and sprinkle a little extra on it but at the end of the day just like clothes everything re you know um comes back around cycles you know? yes. yeah so like stop acting like you're the first person that came up with this that's not mm -hmm. happening mm -hmm. and just so if we really want to break it down michael's the best to ever do it and there's nobody who's going to ever be as great ever can i, can I ask you a question you because you mentioned michael jackson can i ask mm -hmm. you a question absolutely i have wondered this for 20 some years but you had Outkast, you had Andre 3000 on Something Wicked, which mm -hmm. is an amazing song. And his verse is an amazing verse. But he goes after Michael in that. He does? Yes, he does. Am I breaking news to you? <laughs> he yes. says, what he he says say? uh, something uh, like that sellout, not calling no names, but really who's bad. He called oh, him a sellout. Me. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, it's a beautiful, it's art, you know what I mean? So I just thought it's, it's, it's art, but it's, it could have been controversial. I, I, I really didn't. I now, if I had known that, it probably wouldn't have made the album. Because, you know, I don't play when it comes to Mike. Wow, that is incredible. I don't even know where to go from now because <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I caught it just because it's such a, 
it's a beautiful song. It's an edgy song. It's kind of like but I, I never heard he was talking about Mike though. He said not Colin. He said, uh, "Oh, I wish I was remember the." I sing it all the time, but he said, "You gonna make me go and listen to this." Listen I'm to the beginning you of after it. This. <laughs> yes, he said. He said, "Like that sellout, not calling no names, but really, who's bad?" I go through obstacles like a whole box of con. Okay, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> well, did he? Was he using a metaphor? Or was he really talking about MJ? He said, "I'm gonna stay on my tippy tippy toes like that sellout." Mike wasn't no sellout though. I know that, but I'm not. I didn't write it. <laughs> but I, but he I'm said it, it had to be a metaphor. You gonna make me go to Andre and figure this out because you know I help outcasts get signed. Did you? Like, yeah. That's a whole nother conversation. I mean, yeah. let's have it. Let's bring Andre 3000 on to the Zoom and to the Your First Million. Have you talked about it? I'll ask him because it's his verse. You shouldn't have to. Uh, it better have been a metaphor. You better be starting something. Uh, 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 start, Arlene. <laughs> Arlene started I started something. something. You know, I'm don't. Telling don't. You. <laughs> I need to know this now. I need the answers of who he was talking about. Okay. I need to know. <clears throat> you find out. You have your people let me know so the okay. mystery can be solved. Because that, that surprised me not only for that, but just because somebody, I thought... Wait, wait, somebody just said something like he was saying he used something they were saying about Mike like in a metaphoric way and he, he was taken up for him or something. I couldn't read the whole thing because it went too fast. Okay. Okay. Because I whole was life, right. Yeah, because I, Cause I would think brilliant. he would be influenced by him. That's why it was so confusing to me. To me. Right. Um, but it is, is a song about... Um, it is a song, well, I mean, we're not going to get too far into this, but it is a song about blackness, and it is a song about, mm -hmm. um, you know, and it could, you know, the, depending on what year it was, you know, people could have had a particular opinion, and that right. might have been his artistic mind at the time, so I'd love to hear what he has to say about it. Uh, I, I had no idea we'd be breaking news right now. Um, <laughs> Now you got me going through the the, the like the words in my head. Oh yeah, oh, somebody's writing it. Somebody's writing it. Y'all would not hear. It. Oh, you're going too fast. Hear that? That fast shit that keeps you on your tippy tippy toes like that sellout. Now calling all names, but really, who's bad? I go through obstacles like a whole box of condoms. You can't forget where you came from. Yeah. To me, that seems. I mean, I'm no, um, you know, poetic philosopher, professor of fine poetry but to me he said no somebody saying no he didn't mean that somebody let me know what it means then because that's what I thought it meant for 20 some years I just thought he was talking about somebody but I didn't think it was Mike okay so I need to I because now now you're gonna have me going back telling about some a hey, find Andre for me <laughs> Where you yeah well last time I saw Andre he was like at a, at a Chipotle or something and he was like playing an instrument and doing this art, like experimental art thing where he was just everywhere and everybody's wearing his own shirt of somebody wearing a shirt of him. He's so special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most brilliant minds I've ever seen in, in Yeah, movie. you so, know, he's uh, special. It's all love, but okay. So I'm, my mind's blown. Every, at the end of all these, we just have our minds blown, don't we, kids? <laughs> Somebody said it was Andre's birthday, too. It's Andre's birthday today? Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Happy birthday, Andre. Wow. Okay. Let's find out. <laughs> He's going to get a birthday call from T-Boz asking him about a song. Oh, yes. So what did you mean? Who was you talking about? Yeah, who were you talking right? about back then? And you know CeeLo sang backgrounds on waterfalls with me. Oh, did he? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I yep. worked with CeeLo for, for quite a long time. Yep. 
So it's funny because everybody who I went to high school with, you know, the guys, they ended up doing our biggest song to date, which is Waterfalls. And, you know, we had a pat back in the day that whoever made it first, that person would put the other person on. So I kept my words. So when I got put on, I put on my boys on. Really? Okay, yeah. I want to I want to wrap up, but I do want to know that. So you would have you said you helped uh, Outcast get get uh, signed. How did that work out? We were at Boss Town, the studio. It used to be Bobby Brown's studio, and then Outcast bought it, and it changed to Stank on you. But back when it was Boss Town, um, we were in a session, and Bryant Reed, L.A. Reed's brother, was over A and R, and he didn't like this song called Players Ball. Now, mind you, at the time, Sleepy Brown. And Marquez and I were in like this little singing group. And Marquez is one of the main writers on Waterfalls. And so mm -hmm. and Marquez and I went to school together. The producer of Waterfalls, Rico Wade and I, we hung together and we worked at this um, beauty salon together. And he's the reason I met Left Eye. He's the mm -hmm. reason I even got in Crystal's group to meet Lisa. So, um. Wait, what was I telling you? You're telling um, me how you got outcast. Oh, yeah. You were so, at Bobby Brown's place. So we were in the studio and Brian didn't read it. So it was 1.30 a.m. and I called L.A. and I was like, dude, your brother's about to make a huge mistake. You got to hear these boys. Like, they're amazing. Like, if you pass on that, y'all fucking on crack. Like, you crazy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So he actually got about the bed at 1 in the morning and came down there. And that was that player's ball song. And he loved it. And, and from there, they they ended up connecting and getting signed yes yep. okay so so as i mean obviously um if you don't already have a podcast series where or an audible series where someone's paying you to tell stories you need to have that <laughs> uh, i'd love to see you on a talk show because i think you would bring so much so much to the, to a to that dynamic uh that kept oh, it thank you um the last thing i want to talk to you about um you have a company you have a cbd company mm-hmm what is it called? Because I don't know much about it. I'd love to hear about it. It's called TLCBD. So it's a play on words. Mm. So it's like Tender Love and CBD. And I'm not the type of person, like, I don't endorse any products unless I've tried it on myself. So I tested it on myself for two to three years first before um, I even mentioned it to anyone. Um, and, you know, I used to ruin every tour that we went on. And now that I've been on CBD... I don't get sick as often. It doesn't hurt as bad and as long. Hmm. And um, we have tincture that you put up under your tongue. We have gummies. We have um, pain bomb. We have facial serum, like for people who have the wrinkles and the crow's feet and, you know, the, whatever you call that stuff around your eyes and your mm -hmm. mouth and everything. Yeah. It's amazing because, you know, wearing makeup and all that, it starts messing with your skin. So the, the beauty serum is so amazing. Like your face will be so moisturized and it's really helping, you know, um, you know, like that anti-aging serum yeah. type stuff. And the it's, pain, it's the really pain relief is, is really interesting to me, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, the pain relief is very interesting because I know that seems like that could be helpful. How do people learn more about the company to go check it out for themselves? I don't want to do any kind of, you know, you're going to, as adults, we're going to check this stuff out ourselves and, and, and see if it's helpful. Where do they go? Is there a website or how do they Yeah, it's teonwellness.com. And if you go to Instagram, it's shoptlcbd.com. And it helps with anxiety. It helps with depression. It helps with 
my sickle cell. It helps with my mom. She has cancer right now. My daughter has lupus. It has so many different things that it really helps with. And um, honestly, I really do love it. I do. And I partnered with the chemist, actually. Mm. We went into business together, her and another friend of mine. Um, we became friends because she works at you know, a hospital and all of us and my brother is a partner as well. So it's four of us, but we all believe in helping other people and, yeah. and want to make a difference in the world. And I know it's kind of scary too, because have you noticed how many holistic doctors suddenly just go missing from a mysterious death when oh. they do find a cure, just like the one time they got Dr. Sabian in jail for nothing. And then he died. Healthy mm. as all get out, but he all of a sudden just died mysteriously the one time they got him. And Dr. Sabi told me himself back in the 90s, they, they're trying to kill me. They've been giving me Yeah, death this threat. documentary being done on him, right? It should be because yeah. they're killing these doctors when you ain't seen the two doctors that said they came up with some stuff for the COVID-19 and all of a sudden the one doctor hung himself and the other one mysteriously died. Come on, man, these people ain't dying. Y'all better wake up and look at what you're seeing. Mm. anybody who finds a cure because they're not really trying to cure us they're just trying to treat the symptoms and keep us sick trust me on that mm. yeah yeah i agree with you I, I really do i agree with the the fact that this is a it's a yeah it's an entirely new topic but it is very uh real the part that you're playing here is tion tell me that let me look at the thing again tion wellness t-i-o-n-n-e wellness mm -hmm. if you're listening to this and you don't have the link in front of you tion wellness someone mentioned earlier i think a, a mega fan of yours said that they want to see when we talked about the podcast they said we want to you want to call it t with t boss oh tea, you know what tea. when i came out with my book a sick life i had tea time with t boss oh, yeah where the fans would come sit with me and they can ask me questions about the book and i would actually sit with them and talk about my life um but a lot of people um, do want me to do a podcast and I am really considering doing one, especially with this pandemic and being that all of our jobs are canceled. You know, I always said the real hustlers and the creatives will survive this because it'll make you go into, you know, your thinking cap and come up with a new way to work, your new normal. And that's what yeah. we've done. Like we have a show coming out on the CW with iHeartRadio Monday. So it's a new way of working now and I'm for it because, you know, I get to be here with my children mm -hmm. and I do have a lot to say and I do love to help people because I didn't have nobody to help me and I wish I had somebody to talk to me because, you know, a lot of sicklers feel like they're alone and you're not alone. Mm -hmm. We all go through the same thing. And another comment that pisses me off is when people say stuff like, oh, you got money money there's no cure you can't i don't care if you was bill gates and oprah combined there's nothing to buy yeah to cure you can't, sickle you can't cell. buy knowledge you can't make somebody can i pay you to be smart girl you sound stupid there's nothing <laughs> out there different for me than there is for you dummy like but that's so true that's so true you can't you can't buy it. we see that in uh with uh uh steve jobs yeah one of the richest like, and most powerful people in the world and 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 we see what happens and and yes it's it's uh it's so true and i just want to thank you on this day of all days on on lisa, what would have been lisa's birthday it is lisa's mm -hmm. birthday left yep. birthday 
um, you are thriving, you are passing down so much information, passing over so much information to people. Your music has um, been the soundtrack of my life and I know for so for millions and millions across the world. And so I, I just wish you the best and the, the brightest. Oh, thank you. You know, the next 50 years, I, I hope are just beautiful for you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. I really thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. And thank you, Janine, for your time. I appreciate you uh, stopping by as well. Um, oh, thank you for this. This is, uh, this is definitely special for me. So thank you. Uh, thank you. I'm going to look up all your music, too. I want to hear. Oh, that, I appreciate that. That means a lot to me. Thank you. You'll love Absolutely. it. You'll love it. Look up, look up Unstable. Unstable? Uh, okay. Look up the song Unstable and Broke Me Down. Look up those two songs and you'll be like, Unstable oh, I got to the concert. Let's go. Okay. Okay. I'll do that. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thanks, everybody who's listening or watching later. Uh, this has been one of the best, the best moments of, of the last 10 years for me, so I appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. We're going to say goodbye. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. Bye. Woohoo! We're out of here. Bye. hope you enjoyed the interview with T-Boz. I'm still getting over it. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Wow. I don't think I would have imagined this just a couple of years ago that I would talk to T-Boz from TLC. Thanks for listening to the whole thing. I am going to end this episode with the first five minutes of my new book, It's About Damn Time, on audio. You can pick it up at itsaboutdamntime.com. You can pick up the hardcover the ebook or the audio version that a lot of people are letting me know that they're picking up the audio version, whether they have the hardcover or not, as a bonus, so that they can listen to it while they walk around, while they exercise, while they uh, cook, etc., and have me in their ear, kind of getting them ready for what's next. So here's the first five minutes of that book for free. Pick it up. It's about damn time.com. Penguin Random House Audio presents It's About Damn Time How to Turn Being Underestimated into Your Greatest Advantage by Arlen Hamilton with Rachel L. Nelson. This is the author, Arlen Hamilton. To my mother, Mrs. Erlene Butler Sims, The Real San Sebastian. Introduction from food stamps to fast company. Ascending an escalator in a hotel I couldn't afford to stay in, I said to myself, you are a venture capitalist. You are a venture capitalist. I had no home, no money, certainly no investment capital. Yet I knew that was what I needed to say to myself. In order to become, I needed to be. I was sleeping on the floor of the San Francisco airport nearby. I came to this hotel to get a change of scenery and stay until they kicked me out. Then it would be back to the airport with my suitcase and backpack, back to the hard floor down from the virgin check-in desk, rolled up jeans under my head for a pillow. I told myself, you are a venture capitalist, as I checked my emails on the airport's free Wi-Fi, as I avoided the security people on their segways, as I sent out yet another email asking for funding. I was still spending days and nights at the airport when I wrote my blog post, 
Dear White Venture Capitalists, if you're reading this, it's almost too late, which went viral in a matter of hours, but still left me with no investors. It's been nearly five years since then, and now it's not just my staunch self-belief telling me I'm a venture capitalist. I literally am the founder and managing partner of Backstage Capital, a multi-million dollar investment fund. I've invested in 130-plus startups with founders who are underestimated in the same way as I was. Founders who identify as people of color, women, LGBTQ, or, if they're as lucky as I am, all three. In October 2018, I was the first black female non-celebrity to grace the cover of Fast Company magazine. In 2012, before I had even heard of the investment asset class called Venture Capital, before I was sharing hotel rooms with my mom, before I was homeless and sleeping in airports, in Airbnbs and on friends' couches, I was a budding production coordinator in the live music industry, working for artists such as CeeLo Green, Jason Derulo, and Tony Braxton. I'd been at that level for just over a year when I started noticing that the successful people I looked up to, such as Ellen DeGeneres, Ashton Kutcher, and Troy Carter, Lady Gaga's manager at the time, were getting involved financially in the tech startup scene. I wondered why those successful people with exciting lives and careers were spending so much time in a place called Silicon Valley, making bets on tiny companies no one had ever heard of. I was intrigued by what the draw could be, so I started doing what I always do when I'm curious about something. I dived in, asking questions and researching. After that, I started reading books, any and all that I could get my hands on, about startups, venture capitalism, and investing. I had the bug. From the outside, the world of startups, venture capital, angel investors, and limited partners, the institutions and individuals who invest in venture funds, looked like a meritocracy. That was what attracted me to it, and I'm sure it's what attracts a lot of people. The narrative around successful startups always seems to follow a pattern of rags to riches. You hustle, grind, pull all-nighters, give your best every day, and finally, success arrives. As someone who has always been vision-focused, who has always had big ideas and small resources, I became obsessed with this industry. I wanted to know everything about it, and so I followed the money trail and taught myself everything there was to know. Along the way, I learned some disappointing statistics. For one thing, 90% of venture funding was going to white men. That's a huge amount of money, given that tens of billions of dollars are deployed in venture investments each year. It means that 10% of venture capital is split unequally among all of the other types of people in society. As a black gay woman who had been excited to enter the exciting world of innovation as an entrepreneur, I was more than disappointed to discover that something that had been sold to me as a meritocracy was actually a microcosm of the worst of society's biases. I knew when I saw those statistics that the mythology around Silicon Valley was basically a lie because ingenuity, hard work, hustle, Grit and innovation aren't traits that are prevalent only in the straight white male population. 